Let's turn our Bible this morning to the book of Jeremiah. We'll be in Jeremiah chapter number 1, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah chapter number 1. And while you're turning there, I'll mention to you tonight, uh, to be in the service tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, of course, our Sunday evening service, we always have a wonderful time on Sunday night. I don't always tell you what I'm going to preach on, but the Lord's put a thought on my heart uh, that I'm going to preach on tonight uh, from the life of David. And it's entitled, the thought is this, uh, you'll, you'll never slay a giant if you run from the lion and the bear. If you know the life of David, long before he slayed that giant, there were some other battles he fought. And so I want you to be in the service tonight uh, to uh, hear what the Lord's put on my heart for this evening. But this morning, we're going to bring the message from the life of Jeremiah. And I want to I want you to allow me to pastor you this morning. And again, as I mentioned before, there's a difference in having a pastor uh, and then allowing him to pastor you. Uh, what the Lord has put on my heart this morning will be a help to all of us. Uh, the truths have helped me. They'll help you. Uh, some of you this morning are burdened, and I'm aware of your burden uh, because you have counseled with me over the last couple of weeks. Uh, some of you, I'm aware of your burden, and you don't know I'm aware of your burden because I'm, I'm observant. I pay attention. Uh, but then there are some that nobody knows what's on your heart this morning but the Lord. Uh, this will be a help to you. And then uh, if, if, if it does, nothing I've mentioned applies to you, the day will come uh, when uh, what is in the Word of God this morning will be a help to you. So this morning, let's look at Jeremiah chapter number 1. I'm going to read the first 10 verses for our text this morning. You follow along as I read the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anath in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. He came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah was a prophet of God. Jeremiah was a unique prophet. Jeremiah had a unique ministry. I don't believe that the ministry that Jeremiah had is a ministry that many so-called preachers or preachers of the day would even want to have. See, Jeremiah was a prophet, and God said, I've called you to preach a message, and nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to respond. Uh, that was the ministry of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, I would say, was a successful prophet. He was not a perfect man, but the Lord used him in a great way. And this morning, I want to preach a message on this subject, the secret to Jeremiah's success. The secret to Jeremiah's success. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, I want you to listen very carefully to me, and we're going to look at that and talk about that word success, because God has a different measure of success than man has. 
And we're going to look at the secret to Jeremiah's success. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray that you use this message to your purpose, to your honor, to your glory. Father, I pray once again, as I've already prayed several times this morning, that there's one unsaved in the service, listening through the different means that are available this morning. May they realize their need of a Savior. May they put their trust in Jesus. Father, I pray that you would speak to your people today. May your message be exactly as you would have it to be. May your will be done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. My title of my message this morning is The Secret to Jeremiah's Success, so that would lead us to believe that Jeremiah was a success. And I would dare say that if God carved out space in the Old Testament and the name of the book is Jeremiah and God used Jeremiah with a specific purpose and a specific plan, I would say that would lend itself to believe that Jeremiah had some success in life as God would look at success. But I want to remind you this morning as we enter into the introduction of the message today that there are two different views of success. There's God's view, and then there's every other view. And as we think of the ministry of Jeremiah, let me remind you of some things about his ministry that uh, perhaps we don't always think about or perhaps you're not aware of this morning. Jeremiah, as a prophet, as a preacher, uh, he was a success, and he never had a convert. How can a preacher be a success if he never has a convert? He was a success, and he never had revival. Now, he wouldn't have fit in very well with the evangelists of this day with the protracted meetings because uh, his were the opposite. We want to shut this thing down before it even gets started. He was a success, and he never saw revival in his life. He was a success, and all the brethren hated him. All the other pastors of the day hated him and could not stand him, yet I stand here today to tell you that Jeremiah was a success. That would lead us to believe that being popular is not the measure of success. He was a success and spent most of his time alone. He never had a following. Again, he would not set any records if he lived in today's day with a social media following. He certainly wouldn't be one of these celebrity preachers of today because he was alone. Nobody wanted to hear what he had to say. Nobody wanted to spend any time with him, but yet he was a success, but he never had a following. He was a success in the people he ministered to threw him in a dungeon and then conspired to kill him. Now, I'm not going to say that as a preacher, I've never had any of my people want to throw me in a dungeon, but thus far that has not happened. In, the, in his ministry, he was a success, and those that he ministered to threw him in a dungeon and conspired to kill him. I don't believe that in school and training to be in the ministry or in Bible college, there's a class that covers that of what to do when the people you preach to try and kill you. But I'm here to tell you he was a success, and he even offered his resignation. He was a success, and 
He even tried to quit on God. He even resigned the ministry, and he was still a success. Jeremiah was a success, and the spiritual climate of his nation was colder at the end of his ministry than it was at the beginning. And yet, he was still a success. Man would say he was a failure. God says he was a success. If he lived in the day we lived in the day, there'd be blogs written about how a failure he was and what a waste his alma mater would have never had him come preach in chapel because he was a failure as far as man was concerned. If you know the book of Jeremiah and you know a little bit about the life of Jeremiah, <clears throat> Jeremiah came to a point in his life when he was very discouraged, and I've already alluded to it, to the fact, the point where he was ready to quit on God. And yet, God still says he was a success. There came a point in his life when Jeremiah felt like a failure because he preached and preached and preached and nobody moved and nobody listened and nobody changed. And he, what kind of a preacher is not a failure if he preaches? And it makes no difference at all. See, perhaps if Jeremiah this morning, perhaps if he saw himself as a failure many times when God considered him a success... Could it be possible this morning that we can look at ourselves as a failure and actually be a success? By all standards that man would compare Jeremiah to, he was a failure. But God considered him a success. Jeremiah got discouraged. Jeremiah resigned. Jeremiah, however, had failures in his life, but he did not fail. Maybe you say this morning, Pastor, I don't, I don't see how this is possible. I don't, I don't see how this reconciles itself. So let me just say, so it must be possible that if the prophet Jeremiah looked at himself as a failure when God looked at him as a success, that we can look at ourselves as a failure when God considers us a success. Jeremiah was never created to bring revival, but he was created to preach repentance. So how is it that he was a success when he seemed to be a failure? And let me just get right to the message this morning. Is it possible that sometimes... We look at our own life and a lack of success by a false standard. We think we have failed when our God might look at us as a success. So what was the secret to his success? Well, before I speak of this secret, I want to look more at Jeremiah's life and how that may apply to you and I this morning. If he was discouraged, see, friend, you're not the first one to ever get discouraged. If he actually verbalized the fact that he was going to quit on God, see, friend, you're the first one that, you're not the first one that's ever thought about quitting on God. If he actually failed, but God did not label him a failure, would it be possible 
that you and I have come up with a false measure of what success really is. So if Jeremiah, by all intents and purposes, as we read his ministry, never had a convert, never saw revival, never had a following, and God said he was a success, I, as a man, with failures of my own, with with shortcomings of my own, maybe you can relate to that. I want to look into the life of Jeremiah and find out what his secret was. Let me remind you, Jeremiah was never created to bring revival, but was created to preach repentance. Can I remind every parent tonight? You aren't created to guarantee a child's future, but to nurture them in the admonition of the Lord. Some Some of you parents tonight who have a prodigal away from the Lord, you need to hear me very clearly. Their success or failure does not determine whether or not you are success. Their relationship with God does not determine whether or not the way you reared them was right or wrong. As a parent, my responsibility is to rear them in the ways of the Lord. If I do that, it makes no difference what they do. I'm a success as a parent. And by the way, this goes against the grain even in Christian circles this morning. Children, if your parents have left the way of the Lord as a young adult and teenagers, let me just just tell you this this morning. Because they are doing something different does not make you a failure. Your faithfulness to God is what God would deem a success. Can I help us all this morning? A Christian was not created to convert the lost, but to share the gospel. A pastor is not created to change your heart, but to preach the word. This was life-changing to me. This altered my ministry when years ago I came to the conclusion it's not my responsibility to change a heart. It's not my responsibility to get somebody off of the, off of a, of a, of the wayward path and get them back on the straight and narrow. My responsibility as a pastor and a preacher is to preach the Word of God to pray for those, and, and whatever God would have me to do in that capacity, it is not my responsibility to change your heart. It's my responsibility to preach the Word of God. So as a parent, you may feel like you failed or are failing, but God may consider you a success. As a Christian, you may have lacked faith to face your battle. Let me tell you what that makes you. That does not make you a failure. It makes you like Jeremiah, who God did not say was a failure, but a success. You may have stumbled this week and considered yourself a failure, but the fact that you got up and you're in the house of God today I believe God looks down from heaven and says, success. See, a Sunday school teacher may see a lack of impact on a class, but God would still label that as a success. Perhaps there's someone, a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church, who spends their time in the shadows and the corners may not see the importance of their involvement in the church. God looks at your role when you hold the door or change a diaper or serve in some other capacity, and 
You may seem like a failure making no impact on the cause of Christ, but there's a God who says that is not a failure but a success. As the world would look at Jeremiah, he would be a failure. Many times, as the world and even Christians look at other Christians, we are quick to label ourselves a failure, look at somebody else as a failure, and the reality is we are no different from Jeremiah. We can still be a success as far as God is concerned. Jeremiah was a failure if we apply the wrong measurables. But a success by God's standard. I don't think I need to remind us this morning which standard is the appropriate one. So as we've drawn some comparisons from Jeremiah to ourselves, let's get back to the title of the message this morning. If we've established that by God's standard... He was a success. And there's no citywide revival to speak of. There's nobody to speak of like a Paul can point to a Timothy and a Titus and all of those that Paul's ministry that we know of that he, that he influenced. If he was still a success and he resigned on God and he quit on God and God would still use him and him still be a success. And we've seen how God's standard is the one that is important. We have to ask this question, what was the secret to his success? With nothing to show that man can look to, there has to be a secret to his success. One contender to be the answer to this question is the word compassion. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah had a burden. Jeremiah cared for the very people who would not listen to him. Jeremiah, I try to imagine Jeremiah, that prophet, preaching those words that God put in his mouth. I imagine the tears that would the moisture that would be in the corners of his eyes and many times the tears as they would flow down his cheek. Why? Because he was a man of compassion. He was known as the weeping prophet. Certainly a trait to be admired. And quite frankly, we need more of that in Christian lives today. We need more preachers who will preach with compassion and a tear in their eye. We need more Christians who will pray with compassion and tears in their eyes. We need, we need more Christians with kindness of, of compassion to those who would even curse them. We need a good old-fashioned revival of compassion. It is a trait to be admired. It is something that is needed in Christianity today. But it certainly, I do not think it was the secret of his success. After all, it's not very secret. He is known as the weeping prophet. He is known for compassion. He was known and is known to care about the coming judgment of God on the very people who persecuted him. However, I contend this morning that compassion was not the secret, yet a result of the secret of Jeremiah's success. I've spent some time this morning speaking of the success of Jeremiah. I've taken a moment 
to draw a comparison between Jeremiah's so-called failures and our failures. But this morning, the message is on the secret to Jeremiah's success. And there's a part of me that says, come back next week and I'll tell you what it is. But the secret of Jeremiah's success is very simple. The secret of Jeremiah's success was the fact that Jeremiah never quit. He talked of quitting, but he never quit. He never quit, don't miss this, because he never lost sight of his purpose. And his purpose reminded him that he was special to God. Stay with me. He was special to God because God uniquely designed him for that purpose and no one else could fulfill that purpose for God. See, he was a success because he didn't quit. He was a success because he didn't quit and he didn't quit because he grew to understand that God created him for a very specific reason, and that the only way he would be a success was be to fulfill the purpose that God created him. See, God did not create him as he created other prophets to bring a citywide revival. God created him to be a voice calling God's people to repentance. Because one day that wicked and evil generation would stand before God, and God would say, I sent you a voice, I sent you a man, I sent you the word, and you rejected it. That was the purpose of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was not going to be a success based on what others deemed to be successful, but by him fulfilling the purpose that God created him for. Let me make the application before I get into the outline very quickly this morning to you and I. God created you for a task that only you can do. And you cannot compare your life and what God has for you to that which somebody else is designed for because you weren't created for that. You've got to stay focused on your purpose. You've got to stay focused on why God created you. This morning, that burden you carry, God designed it for you. That heartache you have, God designed it for you. The struggle you have, God designed it for you. But let me say, the victory you have from carrying it, God has designed for you. The life that you touch, God has designed for you. The, 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 the honor that you bring to his name, God has designed for you. You and I need to be reminded from the so-called failure of a life of Jeremiah, nothing to show for it. Can you imagine how discouraged he must have been every Monday morning? He would preach and preach, and I know it wasn't Monday morning, I'm just using this illustration this morning. And he would preach, and nobody would move, nobody would listen. He'd plan a big day, and nobody would come. He'd stay up all night praying about what God would have him to preach, and nobody would listen. Week in and week out, that's the ministry of Jeremiah. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you ever feel like you are serving God and there's nothing to show for it. Well, God says you can be a success if you're just fulfilling the purpose for which he created you. See, he was special to God because God uniquely designed him for that purpose. There is no one else who could fulfill that purpose for God. 
Sometimes burdens get heavy. But I'm not here to resign this morning or to take a sabbatical. Because God created me, gave me the purpose to be the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Quite frankly, if I can be so bold to say there's nobody else can do it, because it's what God created for me. And the same could be true if we start on this side of the room and go all the way around the room this morning. God has a place of service for each and every one of you, and you'll be happiest when you're doing what God created you to do. You'll be happiest when you just get up every day and say, I don't have to worry about success as far as this world would label success, I don't have to be worry about impressing my brother or sister in Christ. I don't have to worry about impressing or pleasing my pastor. I'm just going to do what God created me to do today. And let me tell you what will happen. Days will turn into weeks. Weeks will turn into months. Months will turn into years. Years will turn into decades. And decades will turn into a lifetime of faithful obedience and service to God. And when it's all said and done... You may look in that rearview mirror of life and not see everything you desire to see, not see the results that you desire to see. And you can see all the stumbles and all the failures and all the inadequacy along the way. But let me tell you, you just have the secret to Jeremiah's success. I'm not quitting. I'm just going to do what God has created me to do. As I look into the life of Jeremiah, I believe there's a few things that would help us remember the secret of Jeremiah's success. Because God had created him to be the weeping prophet. Was then Elijah a failure then? Because there were converts? Because there were, oh no. God created Elijah for a different purpose. Who was more important in the work of God? Neither was more important. And may we get back, may we be reminded this morning in our churches and in the Emmanuel Baptist Church that one person is not more important than another person. And one responsibility is not inferior to another responsibility. Because if we are all doing what God has created us to do, even when we stumble, even when we're discouraged, even when we fail, if we'll just get up and press on and pursue that which God has created us to do, we can be a success. I don't know about you, but when I stand before God, I want God to be pleased with me. I don't believe any of us are going to stand before God having lived a perfect life. We're not going to show up without failures and we're not going to show up without disappointments. But I want God to be pleased with me from the standpoint that when I did stumble, I didn't quit. When, when, when the burden came, I, I, didn't, I didn't give up on God. We're not going to be in the mindset of offering excuses to God of here's all the reasons why I quit along the way. Friend, this, this, it doesn't sound real spiritual all the time, but it's the truth. Just don't quit on God. Just don't give up. God never said don't fall, but he said the just man when he falls seven times rises up eight times. 
just don't quit and say, I'm just going to do what it is that God has for me to do. Let me remind you very quickly of some things from the life of Jeremiah that I think will keep his secret to success in perspective for us. Number one, let me say, remember God loves you. Look with me in verse number five. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. It applies to us today. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Think of those three words. I knew thee. Before you were ever in your mother's womb, I knew Jeremiah. I knew all about him. I knew what color hair. I knew what color eyes. I knew how tall. I knew the sound of his voice. I knew the number of hairs on his head. I knew his strengths. I knew his weaknesses. God knew all about that about Jeremiah, and God still gave Jeremiah life. Can I remind you this morning that God is no respecter of persons? And before this world was ever fashioned, before you or I were ever in our mother's womb, God knew everything there was to know about you. And God thought about you. And God knew your name. And God knew your strengths and your weaknesses. He knew, he knew all about you. And God loves you enough before you were ever in your mother's womb that God had a plan for you and a purpose for you. And you, you were not a surprise to God. And God said, oh, i got to scramble and find a purpose and a plan and, and just attach it to this person I, I didn't expect. Oh, no. God thought about you and God planned your life and God knew that at a specific time in, in a period called history, He would place your life in and He knows all about you and He loves you so much that He gave life that He planned your life out and He, and he planned a purpose for you. Can you imagine how miserable it is to wander around on this planet with all of the heartache and with all of the burden and with all of the difficulty and not know that you're here for a purpose? And not know that you're here to please God. And not know that my success is not about how much I have in the bank or how what I've achieved in this life. But it is the God who gave me life. The God who knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb. He knew all about me and he loved me enough that he still gave me life. He gave me purpose. God, remember, God loves you. Oh, we say that and it becomes so trite. But think about how big that is. But the God of heavens loves you. Well, Pastor, nobody in this world loves me, but that may or may not be true. But let me tell you, there's one above this world that loves you. The one who created this world loves you. If you remember that, that ought to keep you focused on your purpose. Number two, let me say, remember, God saved you. All oh, the, the songs that have already been sung this morning about our salvation, about our Savior. See, it's God's will for every man to be saved. If man dies unsaved, he's dying outside of the will of God. John 3.16 reminds us of the fact that 
God loved the world so much that He sent His only Son to die for the sins of the world. You know, when you think that you failed, you think that you stumble, or maybe today you think your life has no value, or maybe you've wasted some time, or maybe some circumstances have taken place in your life that you have no control over. Say, Pastor, I just, I just feel like I, I, I don't have anything to offer. Can I tell you something? Jesus died for you. If you've trusted Christ this morning, He saved your soul. He's working on your heavenly mansion right now. See, when we are reminded what God has done for us, we are reminded that He has saved us. It ought to put in perspective that no matter what takes place in this world, I'm still saved. My eternity is secure. And this morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope you're not depending on a church. I hope you're not depending on a man. I hope you're not depending on your own good works, but you're depending on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say very quickly, number three, remember God gave you a purpose, a plan for your life. Verse 5, again, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah doesn't feel like he's capable of doing what God had created for him to do. And God is reminding him that before you were ever in your mother's womb, this is why I created you. So if this is why I created you, let's just logic this out. I know it's Sunday morning. It's a little overcast outside. I know we're, we, you know, you're, you're a little, it's been a long time since you had that cup of coffee, but stay with me. Uh, before, let's logic this out, before I ever gave you life, this is what I was going to create you to do. Therefore, does it not just make logical sense as much as spiritual sense that he would be able to do that which is the purpose he's living there's probably parents in the room this morning say, I, I don't know how, I, I'm not capable of being a mother of this child. He gave you that child, that's why he get, you have a purpose. Oh, pastor asked me if I could serve in this capacity. There's no way I can do that. Have you ever thought that that might be why God put you on this planet? That might be the purpose that God has given you that only you could fulfill. Do you know only you could be the parent to your children? Well, pa Pastor, obviously, we'll be their parent then. You know, only you could witness to your coworker. I wish I was a, a pastor and then I could be a witness. I don't work at your job. And I'm looking around, and many of you, I'm glad I don't live in your neighborhood. So only you. Do you really, I believe this, God would create a life. And he would put that life on this planet. He loves man so much 
that he would create a life just to cross paths with another life at the right time, the right moment, so they could hear the greatest message the world has ever known. That there's a God that loves you. There's a Savior who died for you. You can have forgiveness of your sins. You can have an eternity in heaven. God gave, remember God gave you a purpose. You know, there's somebody that only you can encourage. Are you fulfilling your purpose? There's tasks in the work of God. There's tasks through the local church that only you can do. When God saw the year 2021 and He saw the Emmanuel Baptist Church, He knew the exact people He wanted to serve together in this capacity. And when He created this body of believers, He did not give us all the same skills. He did not give us all the same background. He did not give us all the same singing ability. He did not give us all the same testimony. But He brought us all together because each and every one of us have a purpose inside of the purpose of God's church. You want to to know the secret of being a success when you leave this life and you look back and you think, I really don't have as much to show as I thought I would have, or this world would say, I'm not a success. Remember, God gave you a purpose. You know there's somebody that only you can pray for? Oh, pastor, you give those requests, everybody can pray for them. There's some people that nobody else knows about, but can I say only you can pray for them like you can pray for them? You ever had a burden that you take to the prayer closet? There's some burdens God gives some that He doesn't give others. I'm convinced that part of the success of the work of God certainly is prayer, but it's because God created some people to have a burden to pray that He didn't give others. Well, I, I, I don't ever get applauded for what... That's not the purpose. That's not the point. We must remember God gave us a purpose. And then finally, we must remember that God has equipped us. God's equipped you. Verse number 10, then, uh, verse number 6, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set over thee, over the nations, and over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. God tells Jeremiah, I've equipped you. He tells Jeremiah, he said, don't be afraid of their faces. He even goes so far as to say, you don't have to worry about what they say. He touches his mouth and puts his words in his mouth. Think about this. He says, Jeremiah, just show up. Just show up. I've given you the words. 
just show up. Hey, Christian, just show up. Just get up every day and say, I'm going to do to the best of my ability what God has for me to do today. Hey, not every day is a day where you feel like you're a success. Quite frankly, there are many days where we feel the opposite, that we were a failure. I didn't have the faith I should have had. I didn't have the strength I should have had. I didn't have the clarity of purpose that I should have had. Well, you know what you need to do tomorrow? Show up. God's equipped you. God has given you what you need to do what it is that God has for you to do. I know it's 2021, but you still can rear children according to the Word of God. And they can be reared the way God has them to be reared. Say, well, it's tough. Well, God's equipped you to do it. God will give you the ability to do it. Well, in this day of 2021, in a day of compromise, and in the day when, when everybody wants to throw a holiness and all the things out of the, and just pretend they're not in the Word of God. But, well, Pastor, you have to take a stronger stand today. Well, guess what? You mean like Jeremiah had to take? Where nobody wanted to, to, to get on board, nobody listened. Let me tell you what God will do. God has equipped you to do what it is that God has for you to do. He's equipped you for your purpose. I'm out of time, and I conclude with this. Will you allow your future actions to be determined for God's purpose for you? Say, Pastor, and part of my responsibilities as a pastor, and part of what my ministry, and what do I spend my time doing on a weekly basis, is encouraging Christians that you can't serve God. It is encouraging Christians that God will use you. God can use you. Because we have convinced ourselves, I think many times because we are comparing ourselves to the wrong standard. What's the point? The point is, God created you for a very specific task. As long as you fulfill that task, your success. You know, this will help you. This will help me. This will help all of us in being reminded. The secret of Jeremiah's success was not a trophy case. There was not a lot of pat on the back. Matter of fact, just as much as Jeremiah is referred to by preachers as being the weeping prophet, he's equally referred to, I would dare say, as the one who quit, said, told God, I'm never talking about you again. I mean, I'd be okay being people referring to me as an example of compassion, but I don't, want to, I don't think I'd be okay with people referring to me, oh yeah, that's the preacher that quit on God. But for centuries, well, God's preserved that for us. But I believe God looked down from heaven with a smile on his face. When Jeremiah in his weakness, Jeremiah in his flesh, Jeremiah in his discouragement, Jeremiah in his failures, said, I know what I said, God. I know I said I'm never speaking your name again. But there's just something in here. That's burning. 
There's just something in here that won't let me quit. There's just something in here. There's a fire that is burning where I can't quit on you. I've got to speak your name. No, may we have a revival this morning of men and women and young of old who would say with our failures and with our flesh and with with all of our stumbles, may we get a hold of what God has given us to do. And I'm going to rear those children to the Word of God to the best of my ability. And I'm going to be a faithful Christian to the best of my ability. I may not be the best at that which God has given me to do, and I may stumble, and I may fall, but I'm going to pick myself up, and and in my discouragement, I may say some things, and I may have some crazy conversations in my head, but when it gets down to it, when I think about my God, when I think about what He's done for me, when, when I think about the fact that I have this life And before I was ever in my mother's womb, God was thinking about me. And God had designed me. And God knew that in my future, I would have this burden and I would have this heartache and I would have this difficulty. And He said, I'm going to put in Him what He needs to carry that burden. No, sometimes we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and we say, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they go through that. I don't know how they carry that burden. I don't know how they, they continue on. Truth of the matter is, the grace of God is something that we really can't put into words. But I do believe God is aware of every burden. God is aware of every heartache. God is aware of every stumble. God puts in us. He equips us for what we need. You know, there's been a lot of opportunities for me to get off this train. But God made me too stubborn for that. I wish I could say it was spiritual, but sometimes it's just stubbornness. See, ladies, the fact that your husband is that stubborn, I'm I'm telling you, it's not a character flaw. It's a great character trait that God has placed in them. He's given them the gift of stubbornness. And instead of complaining and nagging about his God-given gift, You ought to lay that at the altar this morning. Man, please don't try and use that today. Especially on Valentine's Day. Don't try that. I think we get the point this morning. May we live our life seeking God's approval. Father, I pray that.